0: I'm Renee Colbert. And I'm Alexis Preston. And this is An Animal Saved My Life, a podcast about the incredible animals who change our lives forever. So Renee, the Oscars are coming up soon-ish. Oscars. Overrated. Never heard of them. I see. Okay, what award show do you watch, Renee? The Pet of the Year Awards are my favorite. Ah, the award show that our dogs would never be nominated for. Yep, the very one. But only because they do not have a category for pit bulls named Tugboat who carry around shoes and refuse to give them back. Right, or one for Crumb petting other dogs like a little human. Right, these awards go to pets with more of a superlative vibe. Like the blind guide dog, Figo, who saved his owner from getting hit by a bus. Oh, what a brave boy. Or this 14-year-old cat named Winnie who saved her entire family from a carbon monoxide leak. (gasps) A little hero! Okay, so today I have a story about an award-worthy animal and his human, Glenn. Glenn is truly one of a kind. Actually, I would say he's like a walking human superlative. He lives in Arizona and he has been through a lot. Here's Glenn.
1: It happened by accident in 2002. I got sick with my back. Uh, I was in a car accident in 1984, and I re-injured it to where I ended up in the hospital. I was sick, couldn't keep anything down. I was in a hospital in Mesa, Arizona, which knew nothing about me. They couldn't do anything for me at all. So the seventh day. They rushed me over to the top Neurological Institute. I was shipped there by ambulance in my duck slippers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, if you got to go in an ambulance.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, They got me comfortable. They did an MRI on the back. Five o'clock in the afternoon, my two sisters were there. My niece was there. I was eating dinner. Doctor walks in, shakes his head. I've got some bad news for you. You've got a brain mass and you got two brain conditions. And that was like the end of my world. I was going in for my back and found out I had a a brain mass since birth.
0: Ooh. And at that point, did they know what that would mean for you? Did they have a diagnosis or prognosis?
1: Not much, they're just like, <laughs> they're, they're baffled. The, the mass I have, which is a hypothalamic hematoma, children don't last until about like 18 usually. There are some adults, but they're not like I am. They're barely walking. Wow. Talking. Same thing with the polymycogyra. Children don't last past 14, 15. They're wheelchair bound, uh feeding tubes. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty much a miracle. You are. Yeah, I'm I'm a walking miracle, doctors say.
0: Glenn has a brain tumor and two brain conditions that are so rare you can barely pronounce the names. They cause excruciating headaches and sometimes near constant seizures. Glenn's life changed dramatically that day in the hospital. The change was so dramatic, he changed from a dog person to a cat person.
1: I figured it's hard to take care of a dog, Mm -hmm. living in an apartment. Dog being stuck in all day if I'm working. So it's easier to take care of a cat. Litter box, feed it twice a day.
0: Right. That's so compassionate of you to be like, I'm a dog person, but I'm going to be able to take better care of a cat. A lot of people don't do that. That's impressive. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So my first uh, cat was uh, right after I got it out of the hospital.
0: And did you get that cat for companionship?
1: I got it as a service animal. I got boo-boo as a service animal.
0: As time passed, Glenn's health continued to fluctuate. But the cats, they became his rock. Boo-boo, Romeo, and Casanova. They were like family. But about 10 years after he got the first bad news, Glenn was in the hospital again. Because of his rare brain conditions, sometimes he has to travel to different cities to get the care he needs which meant he had to leave Arizona and he couldn't bring the cats. His sister took him in.
1: Without the cats, I was just always sick. It was like every month I was in the hospital with something with my brain. There were times that I thought that was it. I would think, I'm gonna go now, I'm gonna go now.
0: Glenn was in constant pain. And his hospital visits were lasting for months. One of the hardest parts of all was being away from his cats.
1: It was lonely. I missed them. I miss having a cat. It was horrible. It was really horrible. Having a cat calms me down, and if I'm going to go, I'm going to. I'm ready.
0: When Glenn left Arizona, he went to Florida, thinking he could get better care there. When that didn't work out, he moved to Texas, first to Houston, and then finally to Fort Worth. After a two-month hospital stay, things started to turn around, and it was around Christmas time.
1: I was going to get myself a really nice apartment, and I decided I'm going to go get a cat again. I went to the Humane Society and I was just looking around and there's this kitten jumping up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, meowing, meowing, jumping up and down, up and down. All of the other kitten cats and kittens were nice and calm. And this little thing was just like jumping, meowing, screaming. So I said, uh, I want to see him. And it was Blake. As soon as I held him, he just put his paw on my head. He, he's actually bonding with me. And I knew, I knew he was going to be mine sooner or later. I have no place to bring him, but I want this kitten. I want this kitten so bad.
0: At the time, Glenn was just getting back on his feet when he was living in a motel. When he finally did get settled into his apartment a month later, he figured that energetic little kitten would have jumped into someone else's arms and been adopted by now. But still, Blake... I want this kitten. I want this kitten so bad. He stayed in the back of Glenn's mind.
1: And uh, I went to uh, PetSmart. This pet adoption lady showed me photos of all these black kittens, and one of them was Blake. Oh wow! And it was showing at the humane society, so I rushed over to the humane society. I travel by bus, so it takes time to do it. Sure. I went over there, and he wasn't there. Oh no! I was thinking he was gone. He, he's he's gone. I was going crazy about it. I want this kitten. I want this kitten so bad. They told me he was at this one uh pet smart. So I rushed over to that pet smart and he's right in the middle cage eating. <laughs> and I go, "Play." <laughs> and he turns around, looks at me. So I uh, held him, and he put his paw back on my head again. And was just like, you're going home with me. I'm adopting
0: you. Glenn learned from Blake's foster mother that he'd come from a hoarding situation. So Blake was smitten to be in a new home with Glenn.
1: The minute I brought him home, I sat down. And I was just really excited. I started to shake. I, I was having a, a partial complex seizure. Usually in those, I'm alert and uh, I'll just start shaking. I'm supposed to lay down on my side, on my left side. And he comes up to me and puts his paw on my uh, arm
0: and just starts patting me.
1: I think he knew something was happening.
0: And that was the first day?
1: The first day. I just knew he he, uh, knew something was going on.
0: How long do those typically last?
1: Anywhere between a few seconds to uh, sometimes a half an hour, 40 minutes. Oh
0: my gosh, Glenn. Blake appeared to understand Glenn right away. During the mild conflict seizure, Blake knew how to be a calming presence. Glenn knew there was something very special about this new addition to the household.
1: He took over the apartment, too. He took over the apartment. (laughs) Of course,
0: yeah. From day one to
1: day three, he was just following me around. He would uh, lay down with me when I lay down. He would sit on my lap uh, while I was watching TV. I
0: I had toys for him, and he would just, (laughs) had them all over the place. Blake was only five months old, so he still had a lot of kitten tendencies. Toilet paper. Of course. Paper towels. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All over the place. From one end to the other end of the apartment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he really did take over the house, did some redecorating for you. Yes, okay. yes. I feel like this should maybe be covered in toilet yeah. paper and paper towels.
1: He had a thing for blinds. He ruined about six set of blinds.
0: That's a lot of blinds, Blake.
1: Yes. <laughs> and his
0: specialty
1: was climbing on top of the TV.
0: A flat screen TV. I don't know how he did it. That's impressive. And never tipped over the TV. Just got up there and hung out? Yeah. Blake. What an acrobat. Yeah. Yeah. He had a personality. I love it. I particularly love that Blake wasn't all business. Like, he knew when to take care of you, and he knew when to have fun.
1: Blake would go on my lap and nudge me, Daddy, go lay down. And then when I'm laying down, he'd be on my belly, waiting to see what's happening with me. (laughs)
0: but Blake displayed his sharpest skill only a few days into his stay with Glenn.
1: The third night, I was in a full-blown grand mal seizure. Mm. This was like about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm waking up from the seizure to him biting my toes. And... I actually praised him for that. I go, good boy. you saved daddy's life.
0: If he did not do that, I wouldn't be here today. On day three. Day three. Grandma's seizures can be fatal if they last for more than five minutes, especially if you're asleep when it happens. Glenn thinks he wouldn't have woken up if Blake hadn't nibbled on his toes. The
1: next day, I called the Humane Society, told him what he did.
0: Blake's heroic act gets noticed on a grand scale after the break. Glenn, I'm curious, how did you know there was a special bond with Blake?
1: The way he settled in with me when I held him, he put his paw on my head and he just started purring.
0: In other cats that you meet, what? Yeah, like what's a normal, casual, I like that cat, but we're not making a bond. What usually happens?
1: Usually I'll, I'll hold a kitten mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll, they'll bond with me. All, all kittens will bond with me. Right. It's like I want them
0: all. Yeah. That makes sense, it makes sense, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why they call me the Cat Whisperer.
0: Now, if Glenn is the Cat Whisperer, that would make Blake the Glenn Whisperer. So beyond touching your head at the beginning, he's mostly acting like a kitten. Like you didn't, I wouldn't think that there's anything particularly six sensey about this cat, just because he's acting like a kitten. Did you have any indication?
1: Kind of. I just knew he knew
0: something was wrong. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. It's just incredible, Glenn. It's so crazy. Yeah. After Glenn contacted the Humane Society, they put the story about Blake into the next newsletter. That story wound up with a Canadian news agency and even found its way to a journalist in Brazil. All this attention started the ball of yarn rolling, and it didn't stop.
1: CBS saw it, ABC News saw it, they came to the house and did a story on me. Then the radio show did a story on me. And because of all that, the ASPCA got involved Mm -hmm. and they wanted to
0: make a Blake Cat of the Year. Cat of the Year. Now this was a prestigious award. Blake was about to enter the pantheon of the greatest cats who'd ever lived. Cats like Flame, the orange firefighting cat. Studley, the white-haired therapy cat who comforts psychiatric patients. And of course, who could forget, the cat named D.O.G. who helps train service canines. But would this award inflate Blake's ego? Glenn wasn't too concerned.
1: It was great. Hey, we went Delta first class. We had a first class hotel. I mean, my God, it was wonderful. They put us up at the plaza.
0: You deserve nothing less. How was it flying Blake for the first time? I can imagine that was Blake's first flight. He was good. He knew he was on his way to the plaza. He can hang out in a carrier for a second. I get it.
1: Yeah. He was in there for a while, the carrier. <laughs> My flight attendants were having fun with him. Blake had a blast. He took over the hotel room.
0: <laughs> of course, that's Blake's thing. That's what Blake does. Yeah. Did he decorate the plaza and toilet paper?
1: Yeah. He was jumping in. The bathroom was like all gold. Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> he was like jumping into the bathtub. The bathtub was high up. Right. He was jumping in there. He was he was all over the bathroom, having a blast. The bed was high up. He was able to jump up on the
0: bed. Right. He was having a great time. We gotta report back to the plaza architect and be like, You have made a cat's paradise. Excellent work with your rooms.
1: I have I have pictures of him in the bed watching TV.
0: <laughs> what does Blake watch on TV at the plaza? <laughs> I forgot. No, sure, just whatever's on. That's what we all do when we're at the plaza. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. The ASPCA allowed Glenn to bring a companion along, so he brought Blake's former foster mom. It was her first time in New York City, and from the way Glenn tells it, they were treated like top dogs.
1: We were escorted. We were like driven by a town car all over Fifth Avenue.
0: I just, I want to hear about all the nice things that you guys got. So you got a town car. I want to hear all the fancy New York stuff you did.
1: Well, I took her to the Staten Island Ferry. I took her down to uh, the World Trade Center, took her on the subway, took her all over. I took her to Central Park.
0: Glenn and Blake's foster mom spent the day gallivanting around the Big Apple, taking in the sights Blake stayed back at the plaza and lounged around in the gold bathroom until Glenn picked him up for the big award ceremony. Glenn donned a new suit. Blake wore his tuxedo, of course, and they accepted the award for Cat of the Year from Senator Bob Dole in the ballroom of the Cipriani on 42nd Street. Glenn gave a short acceptance speech while Blake looked on from his cat carrier. And then, it was time to head home. And then, did Blake's behavior change after his award? Did he become impossible to live with? He was humble. He was of humble. <laughs> of course, I would expect nothing less of Blake.
1: <laughs> I have a picture of him kissing his ward.
0: So he was proud. He knew. Yeah. He and did. the cat of the year. He's the cat of the year. Yeah. Yeah. More from the cat of the year after this short break. Even before Blake won cat of the year, he was eating his dinner on the best china, Glenn says. Spoiled rotten, especially on birthdays and holidays.
1: Christmas, I would pretend Santa Claus came. (laughs) I would put them in the bedroom. Uh Blake in the bedroom and Maxwell. I would go to the front door. I'd have my bells going ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would actually put the presents out in the living room. Right. And then open the door and say, Santa Claus was here. And they would both Blake first. Run right straight to the presents.
0: <laughs> Did they have little stockings?
1: Yeah. And these three have a stocking. I put their names on them.
0: Perfect. That's a perfect Christmas.
1: I still have Blake's stocking.
0: Do you still hang it up every year?
1: Uh, I'm going to this year. Yeah. Yeah. They're
0: not pets. They're like my
1: sons. They're my my kids.
0: Blake passed away about a year ago, but his stocking still remains, a small reminder of his major role in Glenn's life. Blake, of course, was more than just his cat, something even more than a family member.
1: I don't know, I guess he, he's a hero for saving my life, for being there for me for the four years uh, that he was alive for coming from a hoarding situation where he was almost close to
0: death. We talk to a lot of people for this podcast, and we hear so many incredible animal stories. But talking to Glenn, you just get the feeling he's connected to his cats on an entirely different level. He has this bottomless love for them. And yes, Glenn was Blake's hero. He rescued him from a dark place as a kitten. But Glenn is also a hero to so many other humans, people who look up to him as a survivor.
1: I've acquired over a couple hundred people that look at me as they're under major inspiration because I'm a brain tumor survivor. Yeah, I'm a survivor and I'm an inspiration to them.
0: I think there is something correlated between what a miracle you are health-wise and your connection with other people. It seems like you're a conduit for love on a lot of different levels. Wow. (laughs) I doubt that's the first time you've heard that.
1: I don't know. It's just... uh... I'm (laughs) lovable.
0: Glenn still lives in Phoenix, Arizona, with his three cats Felix, Pat Jr., better known as PJ, and Maxwell Boo. Glenn's sister is currently writing an illustrated children's book about Glenn and Blake. She calls Glenn the cat whisperer. Today's episode was produced by Nick Virago. Story editing by Evan Roberts and Nora Kanidis-Boydell. Our sound mixer is John Ross. I'm Renee Colvert. I'm Alexis Preston. And you've been listening to An Animal Saved My Life. Join us next week for another incredible animal story.